Pickaxe. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to the Review of Death, a Doctor Who podcast and your fortnightly home for Doctor Who news and reviews. I'm Matthew Toffolo. I'm joined as ever by Billy Garrett-John. How are you doing, bud? Hello, mate. I'm very well, thank you. And we should say right off the bat, happy birthday, Doctor Who. Happy birthday, Doctor Who. I've tried to fill my space <laughs> with as much Doctor Who <laughs> Oh, no, it started. Um, oh, that's uh, a record, surely. Um, yeah. So happy birthday, Doctor happy Who! Birthday, I've tried to, I've tried to fill it with enough. I mean, we haven't got. I've got as much stuff. Well, I mean, there's a lot of Doctor Who stuff in this house, but I haven't got as much stuff as I have at Mum's house. Um, but I've tried to put as much. I've got got a bit of modern stuff in here. I know you always say, "Well, you haven't gone off modern modern stuff in the set." I've got Fourteenth Doctor over here. Donna's there. The new Tardis is there. So, is Sonic's over there? Come on. So your mum's ended up with all your new series stuff because you've kept it hers. No, kept it That poor woman. Um, yes, happy shelves. birthday, Doctor Who. Matt, how are we going to be celebrating on this blessed day? How are you celebrating at home? This is the morning of the 23rd of November, 60 yes. years ago today. Um, yes, this is indeed the morning of the 23rd of November and not the 21st of November. So had to spoil any, the magic. Any, anything that gets announced between now and Thursday. Oh, actually, um, yes. Fair enough. Yeah, it's worth mentioning. Um, because I think there is a possibility things probably will get announced within the next few days. Merch and stuff, more than likely. So um, if we don't mention it, that's why. Uh, but what am I doing today on the 23rd of November? Uh, we will be watching The Daleks in colour. Uh, and seeing what that's like. Uh, unfortunately, you know, our podcast just happened to fall on the same day. So we weren't able to review. It would have been nice if we could have reviewed the Daleks um, beforehand. But I think we're going to do it in the new year, aren't we? That's the plan. Um, I mean, December into January 63, 64 was when the Daleks first story went out. So we can yeah. technically say we're celebrating 60 years of the Daleks when we yeah. come to do it in January. Um, I think that makes sense, doesn't I, it? I'm very much looking forward to watching that. I think that is yeah. going to be a personal highlight of the anniversary for me, just as Adventure in Space and Time was. Obviously, the specials, I'm sure, are going to be fantastic, and we'll talk about those in a bit. Um, yeah. but, That's on, isn't it, as well, uh, afterwards, Adventure in Space and Time? Oh, yes, and we believe that there may be an appearance by old Shooty Gatwa in it. Is that the rumour? Yeah. That, that's, yeah. that's, the, that's the suggestion. 
I'm not sure. I, when I first heard that, I was like, oh, we're getting into like George Lucas territory here of going to be superimposing different doctors into that film. But apparently Mark Gatiss said that he purposefully shot it so that that could happen, that they could swap out the doctors. So Genius. You know, if that's what he wanted, then fair play to him. I think my only concern is the optics of having William Hartnell, because it is William Hartnell that David Bradley's playing. He's not playing the first Doctor. He is playing William Hartnell. The optics of William Hartnell smiling proudly at Shooty Gatwa seems a bit off to me when we know that William Hartnell was a massive racist. Yeah. Let's say... Just, just to spoil the fun. <laughs> Sorry. In his... <laughs> okay, I'll give you two... Uh, one in universe and one canon, you know, uh, working around for this. Either his head is in that state that he'll just smile at anyone at that age. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or um, he has been just for a second possessed by the spirit of the first doctor and is actually doing something nice and warm and grandfatherly. Fine. There. There we are. I'll, I'll accept it. I'll accept it's it. It's as canon as dimensions in time. Speaking of... Um, that is coming out as a commentary today on the Review of Death Patreon. So plug, plug, oh, plug. nice. Go and listen to that. Happy birthday, Doctor Who. Uh, or should Happy that be birthday. Happy birthday, Doctor You. Uh, Do you know what? I was okay. thinking that last night. I was like, oh, God, that bloody, that song. Oh, well, if you want to, if you want to, uh, Matthew, if you want to go over to the Patreon and watch Dimensions in Time, you might be in for a nice surprise <laughs> oh, in that wow. regard, oh. is all I will say. Oh, Billy. Uh, Okay, so let's round up what's been going on. The big thing, you are bordered by the biggest talking point of the entire week, both Davros and Pudsy Bear. Um, yes. Destination yes. Scarrow aired as part of the Children in Need telecast, written by Russell T. Davis, directed by Dame, Jamie Donahue. I think, is is Jamie Donahue doing episodes of Shooty's first series? Is this part of that kind of a uh, block thing? Or? Probably. I'd have, I'd have mm. thought so. Um, I think, I think and obviously starring David Tennant as the 14th Doctor, Julian Bleach as Davros, yeah. uh, Marwan Rizwan as Mr. Castavillian, uh, Nicholas Briggs as the voice of Nida and the Daleks, and Barnaby I, Edwards was operating said Daleks. Uh, yeah, apparently so. I did so. wonder. I thought, I was like, could that be Nick Briggs? He did a very good job. He was brilliant. Maybe he should just stick to doing characters that featured in Genesis of the Daleks. That being <laughs> the Daleks, um, Davros, uh, although Terry Malloy's still around and Julian Bleach is great, and Nida, yeah. and anything else, write the theme tune, sing the theme tune. <laughs> you know, let's let's leave it at that. So, um, God bless Nicholas Briggs. We love him. Uh, Matt. Hello. Uh, this has obviously generated quite a lot of uh, discourse, although I loathe the word. Mm. Um, this yeah. special for a yeah. couple of different reasons. I mean, let's just talk about what we thought of it yeah. uh, and then maybe touch on the comments afterwards. Um, I loved it. I think it struck a great balance between comedy and drama. Everybody involved was fantastic. Um, as a funny little sidestep that lampoons and gives a backstory to one of the weirdest design choices in yeah. pop culture history with the sink plunger. I think it's kind of... Uh, great for that and my only negative is that bloody Benny Hill music that played over half of it yeah Um, oh that was weird I mean I think when we watched it 
it was quite funny because we watched it and, you know, obviously Davros walks out and I was like, oh, you know, I know, you know, what Julian Bleach looks like. And Annie wasn't, didn't recognise him because I think she's only ever seen him as Davros in the makeup. So I was like, you know, that is, don't you? You know, that is. And then when he, when he said it, she was like, oh my God. I was like, yeah, isn't that cool? Um, and then when they started cracking the jokes, we were like, oh, what? And then obviously <laughs> it went full comedy and we were like, oh, okay, this isn't quite what we thought it was going to be. But like you said, it's for children in need. It's a funny little sidestep. It was, it was fine. It was cool seeing Davros, you know, pre-accident and visiting that period of Dalek history again. Genesis Dalek looked amazing in um, HD. Uh, and Nick Briggs did a good job doing a, a Roy Skelton voice, I thought. Uh, obviously, we've already said Nida's voice was very good. Um, yeah, it, it was cool. Although, actually, I should point out that the Dalek used was not from Genesis of the Daleks. It was from Day slash Planet of the Daleks. It was a gun, gunmetal, metallic Dalek. So, mm, cock that up. I hate Doctor Who fans. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, it was great. And, and Tenant was very good. Um, yeah. It was, it was, it was all right. It was all right. They did very well. I thought. Let's talk a canon? little bit about. <laughs> That's what yes. people were saying. Like, yes, it is. Of course, it is. No, of course not. It is, Matt. It is definitely canon. He's shaking his head, audio listeners. It's definitely canon. No, no, it's no more canon than the Prime Computer adverts. But I think that's the whole point okay. of it, isn't I, I, it? Is that I, I, hang, on, hang whole... on a minute. Hang on a minute. No, 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 no. So is Born Again the 2005 Children in Need bonus scene? Yes. With uh, David Tennant's first bit in the TARDIS. Uh, is that canon? Yes. Okay. Why is because this then not canon? Because that had a full title sequence. Okay. As did Time Crash. Did that's, that's my logic. I'm sticking to it. Attack of the Grass have one. Yes, it did actually. Ah, okay. So it has and to I, have a title sequence. It, yeah, that's what I'm saying. All right. So is the woman? Oh who wait, fell actually, to Earth did time cra- did time did time crash not have a title sequence? I don't know. Answers Answer in the my comments. question. Stop what was that one? Sorry. It. So the, the woman who fell to Earth didn't have a title sequence. Is that not canon? Oh, no, that is that is canon because that is broadcast as to the first He's picking episode. and choosing what he wants to hear. Uh, classic Doctor <laughs> oh, Who come, fan. Right. Come on, you can't you can't say it's canon, Billy. Come on. You can't say that the Doctor comes along and gives him a fecking toilet plunger and that's why the Daleks have got plungers. Come on. It's just a funny little thing for children in need. I have a terrible, terrible feeling that we are going to be having this conversation all the way through the 60th anniversary. And I think right. we're going to be talking about this all the way through Russell T. Davis's era because I think he's going to do shit like this all the time. I just think this. I, I just think you should steal yourself for <laughs> these things to happen. And brace yourself. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> brace yourself. <laughs> uh, I've got to get a bit of bottom in there. Let's talk about what Russell said on Doctor Who Unleashed afterwards. I didn't watch the whole thing. Um, admittedly, uh, I haven't had the time to do that. Um, so I'm not going to go through the whole thing because it was quite a long statement, but obviously the thing that everybody was discussing was the discussion yeah. around Davros and, uh, his chariot. I know you hate that term. 
I hate that term, <laughs> chariot. Um, we had a long conversation the, about bringing Davros only, back. You're the only fan who comes in and says, it's not a wheelchair, it's a chariot. <laughs> That's my defence. Um, Send that to Russell have, on Instagram, he'll say, well, I've never, I've never seen that before. <laughs> I've never seen one. that one before. Hang on a minute, am I the only person that calls it a chariot? <laughs> I've not seen anyone refer to it as a chariot in the, since this whole thing happened. I swear to God, I've seen that before. I don't know why I would start using that word otherwise. I think it was a big finishy thing. I think someone okay. in Big Finish, the realm of Big Finish, referred ah, to it as a not chariot. canon. Then not canon. Uh, <laughs> we had a long conversation about bringing Davros back because he's a fantastic character, but time and society and culture and taste has moved on. And there's a problem with the Davros of old, and that he's a wheelchair user who is evil. And I've had my problems with that, and a lot of us on the production team have problems with that of associate, associating disability with evil. And trust me, there's a very long tradition of this. Can I pause uh, you there? I say, yes. Can I pause you there? I love when he says there's a very long tradition of this. He doesn't say, and I'm part of it because John Lumick and Max Capricorn were both from my era. Um, I think it would have been nice if he'd have said, you know, and, and I'm guilty of it, but now I want to, to change things and make amends and, you know, move on as times should or whatever. Uh, which I suppose without referencing those characters, he does go on to say, um, yeah. I say, this is how we see Davros now. This is what he looks like. This is 2023. This is our lens. This is our eye. Things used to be black and white. They're not in black and white anymore. And Davros used to look like that. And he looks like this now. And that we are absolutely standing by. I think a lot of the um, discourse, again, hate the term, but it's the only one I can think of at the moment, has come from people, maybe Russell worded it weirdly, maybe, I don't know what we, what he's got planned, obviously, but yeah. I think that this is not a rewriting of history. This no. is just, if we ever see this character again, we're going to do things slightly differently. And this is not to say that there won't be an explanation. Maybe they don't, they don't need an explanation. I, I'm not yeah. to say, one to say that, but... Uh, I think people were getting in their knickers in a twist over very little, really. Yeah, There's not I a mean, lot of stuff in that to get annoyed about. You know what I mean? Yeah, I certainly didn't read that as, oh, we're we're rewriting history and Davros has never been in the chair and he's never had, you know, the, the, the disfigurement or anything. Um, yeah, it was just that next time we see him, he is going to be able-bodied and the way we introduced it was to show him as he was before his classic look came in. It's just an, a, a way of introducing it. You know, otherwise, you know, you're not going to have a children in need special with David Tennant and going, Davros, what's, what's going on? You've got <laughs> you legs. Walk, what's happening? You've got legs, yeah. And, and I think this is it. Uh, um, I was, I was uh, tweeting um, John from the Five Who fans because uh, we were chatting about this on, on Twitter and I said, you know, if they do mention why he looks different when he eventually turns up, because I know there's people are sort of saying, well, he probably won't come back. It seems a bit weird to make such a broad statement about a classic character if you have no intention of bringing him back. I think otherwise you could have just not bothered to say anything and people would have just gone, OK, this is just Davros before he you know, got, got caught in the bombardment. So I think, you know, potentially there is something going to happen with the character in the future. But I think if they do address it in any way, you know, I don't think we're going to get any long, long drawn out explanation as to why he can now suddenly walk. 
I think it will just easily be something quite glib as, you know, Davros saying, oh, you've regenerated again. And the Doctor being like, oh, well, you're one to talk. We were a bit taken aback when they sort of introduced it as like, oh, Davros being a wheelchair user. Because, I mean, I'd never really considered him to be a wheelchair user. I just considered him to be a man who was half Dalek. I think the problem is when you look at him, um, this is the thing now seeing people's artistic impressions of what he could look like going forward, incorporating yeah. part of the chariot into his design. Well, well this um, is the is, thing, isn't it? Now I'm like, it looks like a wheelchair now. Do you know what I mean? Like everybody else's interpretations of it, I'm like, he looks, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think if if the, I think the thing is, you know, you, you know, we could argue <clears throat> and people can argue for and against this till they're blue in the face, whether you're able-bodied or, or not, you know, and I don't feel like it's really our place to say yay or nay because, no. you know, we're able-bodied, you know, it, 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 we see it through a different lens um, potentially. But what I, I do think is, you know, the, the look of the character is iconic, um, and it, and I think that goes without saying because, you know, the character's lasted, what, 50 years. Um, and I think, you know, had had Davros had just been introduced as Michael Wisher with no makeup in a normal wheelchair, I don't think the character would have came back in Destiny of the Daleks, let alone Resurrection, let alone Revelation, because I think, like, with characters like... Uh, Darth Vader or Boba Fett, part of what makes them so popular is the way that they look and the image that they, that, that, that striking image that you see on screen. Um, so I think when you see people's artistic impressions, uh, Michael Spence did some really good stuff on Twitter. Harry Draper said initially, we should, you know, adapt the chair so it's a throne. So it's a static thing. And then you can have the two Daleks flanking him and then he can have his moments where he's pondering, but then he can get up and walk around the bridge of his ship or whatever. Uh, and yeah, Michael Spence did some really good little designs for that. So I think that is, if they can do something like that to just keep that through line and just, you know, okay, you know, this this isn't the same version, but, you know, the the, the visual history still remains. I know some people have been drawing him as like able-bodied but still with a disfigured face and i'm like well i don't think that's not really the point is it because i said that's kind of the same same talking point same issue isn't it yeah you know because he's still got the facial scarring you know it's like people were saying i saw there was a big comparison to this and james bond because james bond is notorious for their use of um disfigurement and stuff in in their bad is far worse than doctor who um by any means um, so I think it just needs to be done in a clever way. I think that's just... How about this? <clears throat> He's wizened like Palpatine, but he can actually get up and walk. Um, like Palpatine, yeah. <laughs> but, right, exactly. Oh, can Palpatine do that? I don't watch Star Wars. <laughs> I can see him in his chair all the time. Um, but it's still a life support system, so he has to get back to it, let's say, once every... 30 minutes he has to plug himself in and give himself a bit of juice like or whatever. 
<laughs> yeah. He has to plug himself in. He has the to update his latest iDavros. I, it's all come full circle. <laughs> he has to update his software and then he can wander off and do whatever he wants to do. Um, and then his battery will deplete w- when he plugs in the wrong charger because he got a third party Davros charger. Um, yeah. I think that all great points and uh, I look forward to seeing what they do with Davros because... I do think I agree with you. The the iconography of Davros as a character is that he is this uh, horrible, evil, ranting, raving, uh, xenophobic, racist lunatic yeah. who is a scientific genius and has used his genius to suspend his body in a state of like perpetual decay. Mm. Uh, you know, he's like the master in that he butchers himself. I'm yeah. sure there will be a great in-universe reason to explain. Uh, why he's now out of the chair or out of the life support unit or out of the chariot. But I think that we'll all have to wait and see how that pays off. Yeah. I didn't really consider until you mentioned it that this is probably a setup for seeing him in the immediate future because why else Mm. would they do it, I guess? Yeah, it seemed Um, weird that you'd make such a big song and dance about it. If you weren't going to bring him back, why bother? Unless you just wanted to say, well, look, you know, Look how look how forward thinking we're being about doing this, but I, I mean, think there like, is an element of that which is which, there's nothing wrong with it with that, but I do think there is an element of and it's been good publicity. Davros aside, it's been great publicity, <clears throat> and I think Davros aside, this is the approach that we should expect. This is the approach we should expect from well, yeah, all media is to be inclusive or whatever. But yeah, I, yeah. you know, I think this is yeah very much a flag in the ground of this is how we are approaching how things were done in Doctor Who and we're not going to necessarily do them the same way. And that might upset a few people, but it's being done for the right reasons, isn't it, ultimately? So... Yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I guess I guess we just say... I think the, other, the only other option they could have gone down would have just been to follow the, the sort of natural narrative that at least the classic series was doing, which was, you know, he is becoming more and more like a Dalek. Just make him a head in a jar again. That's a great idea. Yeah, head in a jar. I mean... Is he as, as much of a wheelchair user in remembrance of the Daleks when it's just his head? If that's well, yeah, the this optic, is, this is it. I mean, because that's like now, a great way of getting around that. Yeah, and like with the budget now, you could make him like a proper sort of Dalek-y emperor casing, and really show it to just be his head is like floating in a jar of amniotic fluid, like Futurama style. Um, so nice. you know, you could you could do some cool stuff. You know, I don't. I don't think that is necessarily an issue, especially if he's still got the makeup as well, because he's just going to look like a horrible little monster man. Head. <laughs> All the horrible little monster men are fiercely writing letters to you from the horrible monster men <laughs> association. Yeah. <laughs> um, as, as, as someone okay. who is just a head. <laughs> that sounds like a Python sketch. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to uh, kind of a bit of old news. We haven't heard anything about this, although I don't know, maybe something has been announced between us recording this or indeed has come out on the day that we uh, release this. Uh, as reported by The Mirror, who have a decent track record with Doctor Who rumours, although this report wasn't written by their resident leaker, a spin-off featuring the eighth Doctor, uh, which will uh, stream on Disney Plus and of course be on the BBC in the UK, is apparently in the works. I don't believe it, Billy. Not for one moment do I believe that news. I went to Paul McGann's house the other day. He only lives a few streets away from me. And I said, Paul, is it true? And he said, no, <laughs> it's not happening. 
He said, anyone with a mustache like that that comes near my front door <laughs> gets both barrels. Uh, yeah, let's see what happens. I don't I don't put any credence in that at all. No. Um, also in the news, uh, missing episodes recovered, question mark. The Observer has learned that owners of missing episodes of Doctor Who are reluctant to hand their material over to the BBC because they think they're going to get uh, slapped with, I guess, some kind of legal action. Yeah, um, apparently that's bollocks, though, because apparently the BBC don't do that, and a lot of people have called it out. So whether it's just a clickbaity thing, or perhaps perhaps there are people with missing episodes and they've just got the wrong end of the stick. But um, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Uh, I mean, we know they're out there, and 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 this yeah. chat of collectors holding them and not giving them back for reasons that are are, are varied, but usually centre around to the fact that they are a collector. They they are the only person in the world that has that one thing. It's kind of the yeah. point of collecting. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that more noise is being made about it, though, because you kind of figure that, I guess, well, it wasn't really talked about before, and maybe we'll start seeing some movement or some conversations yeah. about, you know, <clears throat> whether or not, it should go back even just for a short time. What if these collectors lease the BBC, the tape to, or whatever, you know? Let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there, being there spoken be about more, which is interesting anyway. Yeah. Uh, and there's been a lot more stuff turning up. Didn't Basil Brush turn up the other day or something? And some yeah, lots of, lots of that stuff. It's been really interesting to see what's happened. Maybe something will be unearthed on this blessed day. Who knows? Um, mm. The Underwater Menace was released on DVD, Blu-ray and Steelbook the past month. I haven't seen yeah. it. What did you think, Matt? I, I enjoyed it. I thought I thought it was quite good. Um, there are some notable uh, errors here and there, a few little issues. And, and I think it, it looked great. And I think the design of it looked great. But I think kind of like what the same issue we had when we watched like Galaxy 4 or Abominable Snowmen, when you try and watch it with the black, the original black and white episodes in between, the character designs are so different from what you see in the actual episodes that you're a bit like, oh, the, the continuity doesn't quite work. It's not like when you're watching the moon base or the 10th planet where, okay, this feels very naturally the same thing. Um, so I don't know if there needs to be more of a balance struck there. Uh, but honestly, I mean, I looked at the telesnap reconstruction on that and it was so well done particularly after the original one on the oh, first good. underwater menace dvd was so appallingly bad because you know they gave them no money to do anything with it and it was just use the same six telesnaps over and over again um wow. this time they've really gone to town with it and, it and it looks really good and all the pictures have been beautifully restored uh so it, yeah it, it's really good um it, it's worth a watch and i'm sure well, well we'll do a proper review of it won't we in the in the future i think yeah that's that's something for the new year alongside the daleks yeah. uh but i'm very much looking forward to it might end up on my christmas list um let's uh take a quick trip over to nepotism corner matt um we've got Hello. two things to talk about that we're involved in uh oh, yeah. that have kind of been announced in the past week you are due to become a published author. Tell us all about it, good sir. Uh, there is a lovely Doctor Who book all about the Philip Hinchcliffe era. It's called The DNA of Doctor Who. Um, it's meant to be the first of hopefully a series of books looking at the individual eras of producers of Doctor Who. Uh, they started with Philip Hinchcliffe because they thought, well, that, well I think it was Philip's idea, actually, to, for the book. 
Uh, and I guess they sort of thought, well, this is something that could be adapted for other producers. Um, it's by uh, the guys at Cutaway Comics. Um, so, you know, good good people. Yeah, so it was all spearheaded, at least from the writing end, by Gary Russell, uh, who was very kindly got in contact with me and said, he, it was quite funny, he sent me this big email about this thing, about this project. Um, and it was it was sent like this is a thing that's happening. And I was like, okay, this is cool. And then right at the end, it was just like, would you like to write the essay about the deadly assassin? And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I was like, I thought, are you sending me cool. an advert for something? Um, no, so it was very exciting. It was a very exciting to get to write about the deadly assassin. And it was lovely because it was, it was like when I was back at university studying film and I, I i immediately went back into academia brain and was just like right okay oh i, I can't I, wait I, to I, read it yeah I, I, i'm really pleased with um with how it turned out so uh, and i'm very excited to see what everyone else wrote because we got loads of good contributors in it toby Hado, loads Matthew sweet um uh, louise jameson's written an introduction to it and philip hinchcliffe's written stuff for it and uh yeah, there's some really, really good people. Oh, Kenny Smith from the um, Power of Eight podcast as well. He's got stuff in there. Uh, yeah, there's just lo loads of people. So it's every story from the era, with the exception of Robot, because I guess Robot was more of a Barry Letts story that, you know, mm. to, to, to open the era. Um, yeah, each story has its own essay. So, uh, yeah, I'm talking about the use of heritage in Doctor Who. So, Doctor Who's own history used within the program. Fascinating. Does this give you a doctorate in some uh, capacity? Uh, doctorate of being a sad bastard. Yes. <laughs> I am a doctorate of who, I think you'll find. Who. Yes. Um, uh, that's really exciting. And, and so the idea is that it, you, you pledge to it, right? It's a crowdfunded thing. And I think when I looked at it, it was really close to breaking it. So has it done it? It, oh, it did it! It did it within two hours. I couldn't believe it. Oh my it. god! Amazing. I thought it was. I thought it was going to be one of these things where, oh, you know, we're going to. It's going to be like right down to the wire at some point, and then it will just make it. I couldn't believe it. Within two hours, it was fully fledged. So, so cool. um, fully funded. So yeah, it, it, it was good. And there's there's lots of different tier lists. You know, you get extra things. You get like a DVD with extra commentaries and stuff, and wow. VAM on it. Yeah, and then there was another one that was like. Prints you get prints signed by Tom Baker and Philip Hinchcliffe and Roger Murray Leach and you know all the all the people that worked in that era uh, of of you know worked on it in some capacity. So um, yeah, check it out. You can either get it as softback or hardback or super duper deluxe hardback. It's it's crazy. Uh, and Will Brooks, Will Brooks did the design for it. So Looks you know, a beautiful. lot of good Doctor Who people have been involved with this. And then Sounds they asked me. Beautiful. And then Matt brought the uh, the the general. What's the right word? What can I say here that isn't offensive? The tone down, maybe. Yeah, I brought the Are there tone any down, yeah. uh, jokes about squeezing things into tight spaces or any <laughs> ooh, bottom references or. Uh, there there were. I think I did write in a couple of jokes. <laughs> I think Gary took them out. Oh God. Uh, there was there was a gag. I don't know if it will make it into the printed. Page. I did try. I did try to fight for it. There was a gag about looms. That's all I'll say. I'll wait until it comes I'd out, and then I'll like I'll to tell loom you. you. Was it something like that? No. 
and also uh, on Saturday the 23rd of November at 8.30pm on Channel 5 you can watch The Secrets and Scandals of Doctor Who um, which is coming out yeah so that's Saturday night uh, after I think after Doctor Who Unleashed I guess that's like yes an hour hour, or is there going to be oh it's half an hour okay I think it's half an hour so is there like a break of 30 minutes or 15 minutes between the two shows or do we go right up to the start of Secrets and Scandals? Doctor Who finishes up at seven, then Thingy finishes at eight o'clock. Doctor Who and Nish finishes at eight o'clock. So yeah, you've got half an hour, half an hour to make a cup of tea. Uh, yeah, decompress, and- go on Twitter, argue with people about what's happened on yeah. Doctor Who and then settle in to be told the secrets and scandals of your favourite TV programme. Yeah, and... I, I I said to you that we should we should do a commentary for Patreon for that because you can tell us all the all the behind the scenes secrets as it is your project. I can tell you, you the actual secrets and scandals. <laughs> I can tell you more secrets and scandals that are in that are, that are in that show. The, the um, secrets and scandals of the secrets and scandals, secrets and scandals of Doctor Who. <laughs> um, that might be too much, but yes, go and check it out. It was the last. Uh, it wasn't actually the last show that I uh, assistant produced in the UK. But it was one of the last shows before I moved, and um, I, it's been sat on my computer since. I not that I edited it; I've just had a copy of it since, like, flipping neck last November, last October. And wow. God, yeah, God, it was that long I ago. Had, it really was that long ago because we all thought it was going to come out in time for Jodie's um, oh, last episode. Yes. Then yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to come out the following Easter. But now here we are. It's finally come out. Well-timed for the 60th anniversary. Yeah, um, it makes sense, I guess, doesn't it? Is it, it has does. it been it's tweaked annoying, in any way since then, do you know? I don't know. Uh, I, did get a, I did get a text asking about the edition of The Scandalous Times of John Nathan Turner that we used as reference, because that was my own copy. And right. I think they were asking, the lawyers were asking which edition it was, because there's obviously an updated edition and they want to make sure okay. they're covered with all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, yeah we talk about all of that. Uh, Richard what did Marson, you say? Sorry, I, I, I sold it on eBay so I could go to New Sorry, I, uh, that paid for uh, the burger that I had in my stopover in Canada um, when I was leaving the country. Um, yeah, I uh, we interviewed Richard Marson for it. Um, uh, who obviously wrote the, the John Nathan Turner books. He discusses that and lots of other things. Uh, yeah. Sophie Aldred, Fraser Hines, um, Nicola Bryant. Um, there's a whole bunch of names that I'm forgetting, but <clears throat> all fantastic Warris contributors. Warris Hussein, all great fun. Uh, uh, Ian Levine. Uh, Ian Levine was the name that I was just about to say, but for some reason I block it from <laughs> my mind. Um, lovely bloke, actually. I know how he... I know people are going to probably get angry at me for saying lovely bloke, but I can only go off of my experience to put someone in real lovely life. Lovely bloke. How's this petition internet- getting off? <laughs> oh, God, no. Uh, the internet is a fallacy, folks. Surviving Doctor Who and A to Z, uh, presented by Toby Hayduck. Have you listened to that yet? That was good fun. No, I've not listened to that yet. Is it good? Okay. Um, it's, it's really good fun. I, I know a lot of people have been complaining, probably fairly, to a degree, that a lot of the content that is coming out for the 60th anniversary is region-locked and oh, is only yeah. being screened in the UK. That is something that's come out that you can listen to anywhere in the world on BBC Sounds. Nice. So 
uh, well worth your time. I think they're two 20-minute or 25-minute episodes, maybe 30 okay. minutes. But yeah, really, really good. Flew by. Um, and the last bit of news uh, before we go on to Doctor Who Magazine's 60th anniversary poll results, uh, unless you've got anything, is Doctor Who Worlds of Wonder coming to the Wellington Convention and Exhibition Centre in New Zealand for five months from the 1st of June. Matt is shaking his head. Who did he have to pay to get that to happen? I just can't believe it. All the fucking I don't have any money. I, 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 it, I only managed to get it here through other means. I was um, going to say, well, which I'm not willing to get into right now. Yeah, sexual favors. <laughs> the shame. The shame. Uh, yeah, so that is going to come out uh, here in New Zealand, which is really exciting. I am currently trying to get press access so maybe we'll get some exclusive review of death content can they fly me out there (laughs) can we can you uh i mean what it's how many months away is that that's what how much would a would a return flight be you just jump into wellington you're there for three days and then you go home a zombie and yeah. <laughs> uh, we catch up about it when you when you get back home. Um, yeah, let, uh, they probably won't even pay to fly me down from Auckland, which is no, not surprising. No, no. So um, maybe um, a flight from Bristol is out of the question. Speaking of speaking of like Doctor Who things, like event things, um, in Doctor Who magazine this month, um, bizarrely, so when we were watching David Tennant and Neil Patrick Harris in Bristol filming the 60th anniversary. Oh yeah, they. It was Neil Patrick Harris's birthday whilst they were filming, I think. I might have got that wrong. But anyway, they went to Cabot Circus, him, Patrick Harris, David Tennant, Catherine Tate, um, Phil Collinson, and I think some others. Neil Patrick Harris booked out the... um, Nando's. The escape... (laughs) Nando's, yeah. He booked out the escape room in Cabot Circus so no one else could use it. And they did the Doctor Who escape room together. That is the best thing I've ever heard. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, in our own fair city of Bristol. In our own fair city of Bristol. We could have been walking around and we could have bumped into the lot of them. I'm sure they were all in like hoods and sunglasses. Yeah, and don't let the great unwashed in here. If um, we had decided to go when I was still living there, like we had been talking yeah, about we for ages. Yeah, we were We've been saying for ages. Yeah. Whatever. You come back. <laughs> we'll do it then. Whatever. Go with Annie. I don't care. Uh, he says, running out in floods of tears. Okay. <laughs> no. Uh, we, let's yeah, we talk. need to do it. We do need to do it. When you come back for your visit. Hopefully we'll, they we'll keep it. it there, or hopefully something even better has popped up in the in the time I'm uh, uh, away. Okay, that's the one thing that's missing is a proper Doctor Who exhibition. We need a Doctor Who experience. Come on, Russell, make it happen. Make it happen, Russell. The Doctor Who magazine 60th anniversary poll results dropped, mm. or did they? We only got the top ten, Matt. Um, yeah, and they are, they make very interesting reading. I'm going to go from they ten do. to one. Uh, yeah. And I'll tell you where they placed previously, unless they're new entries. You just give me some thoughts when I when I hit them. So in 10th place, Silence in the Library, Forest of the Dead, up from 31. I don't know why. I, I mean, it's a great story. Don't get me wrong. I think it's the weakest Moffat story under Russell. As good as it is, it wouldn't go in my top ten. I don't. That's know a pretty high 20, bar, though. You know, like like his worst story under Russell is probably. Oh still yeah. Oh, it's an still, eight, oh yeah yeah yeah. Oh, a nine. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, for me, anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just I, I I wouldn't put it in my top ten. Like I said, I don't think I'd. It wouldn't be in my top twenty. 
No. But still very good. It probably wouldn't be for me. In terms of the new series, it would probably be up in the top 20 for me, but... um, yeah, no, overall, I can't, I, I, I can't I, I remember twenty episodes of the new series. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, in ninth place, Remembrance of the Daleks, uh, up one from ten. Yeah, perfect. You know that's a good story. He it Davos is. is pleased. City of Death uh, in eighth place, down from five. Down from five. I mean, at least it's still in the top ten. It's a great story. You know, it's it's it's, it's a classic. That is a classic. That's a bona fide classic. Uh, in seventh place, Human Nature and Family of Blood, up from nine. I mean, it is very good. Again, I mean, the thing is, you know, you know what I'm like, Billy. I'm a, I'm an old boy. Don't I'm I? A, I'm an old school boy. That's why I've got a moustache. <laughs> All of my favourite Doctor Who stories are going to be the stories that I grew up with as a kid. Of course. I, it's, it's, it's hard for me to suddenly go... Oh well, this story from you know, like the last five years is much better than that one um, because I just don't have that emotional connection to it. Much in the same way as like someone who is now you know in their early twenties, you know they might watch Genesis of the Daleks and go, "Yeah, that's great," but I much prefer Stolen Earth because I've got that emotional connection to it. They'd be exactly. wrong, but um... <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's run these down because we'll talk about Genesis in a second uh, in sixth. Blink spoilers. from two. Uh, hey, <laughs> the spoilers. You spoilers. It's on the list. Shit. Uh, it's not like Blink. this has been freely available to read on Twitter since people got their advanced copies of it, and they yeah. bloody <laughs> everybody says don't share things from Doctor Who magazine or SFX, and they bloody yeah. do it, don't they? Have we have we talked about our interviews in Doctor Who magazine in that sixty? Uh, at the start of the last, last one, you took oh, okay. the piss out of me because they got my <laughs> oh, yes, name wrong. I did, yeah. Oh and yeah. <laughs> I'm so upset, but you know, I think we've probably earned a little bit of a dig uh, from for all the shit that we've said in the past about everybody. pretty much everybody who's involved <laughs> yeah. in in the production of Doctor Who, including ourselves. Um, in fifth place, the Day of the Doctor. That's down from one. Um, so wait, 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 in, wait. Are you telling me that Day of the Doctor got higher than Blink? Yes, by one. Oh, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. As much as I, you know, um, as much as I, I we, in the past we've said Blink is overrated, and I think when yeah. we rewatched re it and we reviewed it, we said actually it is a very, very good episode and it, it is, is worthy of all TV. the praise. Yeah, I still think it's better than the Day of the Doctor. Uh, in fourth place, the Caves of Androzani, which stayed at fourth from the 2013 poll. These are all the uh, previous placings we're referencing came from the DWM 50th anniversary. 2013 I mean, I'm, poll. I'm glad that. Caves pipped those two past the post. So well done, Caves. Uh, Genesis also stayed steady in third place. Genesis of the Daleks. Um, and in second place, this was the first new entry. World Enough in Time, The Doctor Falls. Again, very good episode, particularly the first part. World Enough in Time is excellent. Uh, I think it goes off a little bit. Which is the same with a lot of these new two-parters, the new series two-parters. They do sort of start really strong and then they sort of, as they try and wobble their way to the conclusion. Um, I mean, I wouldn't put it that high again, personally, but, you know, it's it's still a very good story and a very good a highlight from that period. Agreed. Um, and in first place, Heaven Sent. 
I know I was shocked. Um, but then again, I guess maybe I shouldn't be shocked because it's such a it's a very good piece of television and it is just so unique. And I think that's probably what helped it is that, you know, how many TV shows have ever done a, a, a program with just one character for the full 45 minutes? Well, I know Clara pops up briefly, but, um, you know, for the most part, it's just that one hander. So, you know, on that alone, I can see why it would be highly ranked. Again, it wouldn't be necessarily in my top 10 for reasons that I've already given. But, um, yeah. Fair I enough. can see why uh, this would crack the top 10 uh, in the immediacy of this of this poll. I say immediacy. Obviously, it's been years and years and years since it came out. But, you know, yeah. recency bias and, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I can see it staying in the top 10. Uh, yes. it, it confuses me less as a choice than when Day of the Doctor was number one in the previous Very much big so. Poll. Yes. Um, but equally, you know, like if it was to pick an episode besides the ones that are always ranked in top 10, top five, top three lists, which are inevitably Blink and yeah. uh, Human Nature and The Doctor Dances and all that sort of stuff, um, yeah. that is probably the other standout one kind of more recently isn't it so it makes yeah very much so and like when i when i when i opened my copy of doctor who magazine it was i didn't go oh what i went oh mm. wow <laughs> so you know that alone is worthy of the praise that i didn't go oh what when i opened dwm i didn't because i can't get it out here uh so i should say when somebody on the review of death discord sent me <laughs> the uh top 10 that they had photoshopped uh from their copy of it i um my, my uh what was actually down to the fact that we only get a top 10 we don't get the full listings yeah and i wonder why that is are they spreading it out across two issues or are we just not going to know i don't think we're ever going to know i don't think they want to upset anybody i mean Doctor Who fans run that fucking magazine. We love lists. <laughs> and we love to, you know, it's like you can't have the yin without the yang. Like, yeah, let's lift all these people up. But also, you know, I think there's something in not commiserating, but celebrating the things that make the episodes that maybe aren't so good overall, the things that make them still enjoyable to people. And, yeah, you know... You, there are going to be a lot of people that think that Heaven Sent isn't the best episode of Doctor Who of all time and think that the Time Monster is. Now, that's inevitably yeah. going to come very, very low on that mm. list. Of course, but yeah. I know I know it's a standardised opinion, but I, I want to see the full lists, you know. Yeah. Um, maybe put it online so it's, I don't know, it's not published. Maybe that's the yeah. thing that would offend people. It's like you go into a newsagent and you take the thing off the shelf and something that you made... 10, 5, 30, 40 years ago is at the bottom of a list in a magazine that anybody can buy. I kind of get why that would hurt and mm. why that would sting. But I, I still want to see the list, you know. It, Especially when it's the twin dilemma. Exactly, exactly. Or um, uh, Orphan 55. It's like, <laughs> I. Uh, it doesn't colour my opinion. I've made my decision by voting. I didn't yeah. get a copy of my vote. I want to see how everybody voted, you know. Um, yeah. I think that would be a disappointing uh, way of doing it. I, I, I think as well, uh, I didn't get some of the methodology behind, for example, grouping flux into one thing. So I yeah. think this has been a, a really interesting way of measuring everybody's uh, rankings by doing it by doctor and then displaying the full listings. But I think that 
you know, you've got to show us your workings as well. Mm. Show us your workings. I I like that. <laughs> show us your workings, DWM. What are you so scared of? Okay. Um, let's talk about the 60th anniversary specials, which are due to yeah. start this Saturday, the 25th of November on BBC One and Disney Plus internationally. Um, it starts with the Star Beast, Matt. Uh, yeah. How have you felt in the lead up to this story coming out? Because Doctor Who week is, is happening at the moment. We've we've already had Russell and David on the one show. I turned to Stell some point this afternoon and I said to her, Doctor Who's on this weekend. Mm. Doctor Who's back. And she went, is it? And she went, yeah, the, the, the special start this week. And then through the day, that realisation has seeped in more. And right. I'm starting to get the buzz. You know, the, the buzz, buzz Doctor Who fans that you get when yeah. you know Doctor Who is about to come back. But as you get older, that buzz has a much shorter time span than it's around mm. for. It's it's not yeah. weeks, it's not months, it's days and hours approaching the air date of that story. Yeah. And um I think that the buzz has started for me now. How about you? Um I was I was already in buzz mode last week. I was in a buzz mode for children in need and then i think once all the discourse happened and then we were just like it's just like oh god here we go you know we're, we're we're back in this territory of arguing and stuff over stuff i was like oh god if this era era is going to end up like this where people are just going to be taking chunks out of each other over decisions I, I can't i can't bear it um i'm sure once we get to saturday i will be fully fully buzzed again um I, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited for all three, really, deep deep down. Uh, and I love the fact that we don't know really anything about the second one. I think that is the one that I'm probably looking forward to the most in some respects, because they keep making such a big point of like, oh, this is, this is weird and this is like a Doctor Who that's never been done before. So that's what I'm excited for, because you can kind of, and even from the trailers, you can kind of gleam what is going to happen? I mean, Star Beast. You know, everyone knows the story of the Star Beast. If you've got the collected editions of Doctor Who magazine, so you know that's that's a well-known story. Obviously, it's going to be altered to fit in Donna and stuff. But the main plot, everybody knows. Everybody knows. Beat the Meep. Uh, same with the Toy Maker. You know, we know the Toy Maker's mo. We know the kind of things that he'll do in terms of like weird games and stuff. We've seen aspects of it in the trailer, uh, but that second one. It eludes us in, you know, we just know that there's a, a quirky robot in it. So I'm I'm looking forward to that one, I think. That's the one that I'm going to be like, ooh, can't wait to see what's going on. And I think that's the one, obviously this episode is all about our predictions for the 60th. I think there's going to be something, something in there, something big. Okay, so let's let's get down to that. So this, th- these are our 60th anniversary special predictions. Uh, yeah. We've each come to the table with one for each of the specials. Yeah, uh, I'm sure we'll chuck some wild cards in there, and we'll we'll, we'll speculate ad nauseum and, and and come to some interesting conclusions. I'm sure. Uh, so, my prediction for the Star Beast is that the Doctor will meet another Time Lord. Interesting. Okay, that was my prediction for the second one. Actually, I thought that perhaps there's going to be another Time Lord involved. I think, I think Susan is going to be involved in some capacity. I think that is the rumour that we're hearing, isn't it? Yeah, there was a rumour going around. And I think also having seen 
Carol Ann Ford at the premiere. I mean, they probably just invited her because, you know, she's she's the last one standing from the 60s, really, um, from the first season. So, but yeah, I think, I think maybe in the second episode, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be the case, maybe. Who knows? Uh, but for the Star Beast, I think the door is going to be left open for Rose to become a companion in the future. I think stuff's going to be set up that, she could she could board the TARDIS later on. Russell likes to do that, doesn't he? He likes to yeah. assemble the family and then that obviously gives you the option to visit said family. And it's useful, mm. you know, for future series just to set up people that we might want to return to and, and then, you know, it happened with Martha, it happened with Mickey, it happened with Jack, it happened yep. with plenty of people that we just sort of check in with and, and see how they're getting on. So yeah, I can I can totally see that being the case. Um, my prediction for Wild Blue Yonder, uh, Saturday the 2nd of December on BBC One, is, uh, that this will be Shooty's first appearance in the show. Ooh. Ooh. Interesting. Good shout. I think that the Blue Yonder, uh, is a terrible internet service provider, but I think the Wild Blue Yonder (laughs) is going to be... I guess it sort of suggests that we're going on a journey somewhere. We're traveling through something. And I think obviously the, I think we've said before, this will be like the cameo heavy one. This will be the one where all the old farts come back, but we say that affectionately, of of course. Um, but I think this is more about looking forward this one. I think Mm -hmm. it's the, odd experimental one in the middle of the run. Yeah. And I think we're going to get a glimpse of the future uh, Mm. rather than necessarily a massive nod to the past. I I get that obviously the rumor is that Susan's coming back, but that's my, because, you know, never trust the doctor, never trust Russell T Davis. Mm. Yeah. I I think that's a good shout. Actually. I think you, you might be onto something there that maybe we'll get to see things that we won't fully understand until Shooty's first, second series, you know, mm. we'll be like, oh, that was teasing Wild Blue Yonder. Ah, that's what that means. I like that. I, I, I think you're you're onto it there, matey. And Matt, what's your prediction for the, the third and final special Saturday the 9th of December called The Giggle? Donna dies. Interesting. I wondered if that was somehow going to happen in the second one. Ooh. Because there's all that stuff with him banging on the window and, you know, uh, getting upset. And him and Don are obviously separated at at some point in in that whole thing. Um, So, yeah, I wondered if that was if that was that. I think it's difficult talking about the second one because obviously, as you said, we know nothing about it. Yeah. And uh, we've only really seen one set or one location. Mm. And it can't be that for what is it? Fifty minutes, sixty minutes. Yeah. Um, I wonder so if they'll I think do. A, it's difficult to do predictions. I wonder if they'll do a flashback in the the toy maker one in the giggle. I wonder if they'll do a flashback to Hartnell and Michael Goff. Well, I uh, that was actually my prediction for the giggle. Oh, was okay. th- this will be the cameo heavy one? This right. will be the one where you get. McGann, where you get 
Colin, where you get Susan yeah. or K9 or whatever, because like you said, when we were talking earlier about the toy maker and the fact the toy maker is going to be like through the specials, maybe manipulating stuff. Um, I think that we're going to get some trippy sequences where the doctor thinks that they're talking to somebody and they pull their heart out or whatever. Maybe they're talking to Susan and they have this moment and then Susan pulls her face off and it's Neil Patrick Harris and the doctor wakes up or mad shit like that is going to happen. Yeah. 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 Um, So I can see the, 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 the toy maker playing with the doctor's, past than his memories in that way and, and that's how we get the cameos yeah i think that's a good idea actually because obviously if he's going to be bending reality and all those sorts of things then it'd be very easy to do a, a little flash through some old doctors um literally just as a as a flash through you know nothing nothing major um exactly but um yeah it's uh, i don't know i don't know i don't know if i have any other predictions in my pocket really at the moment it's so hard to say because I feel like we've seen everything we're going to see until we sit down and watch them. I um, think this is it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want, all I want now is some toys. <laughs> I want some toys from them. I want some Wrath and Warriors. Ah, oh, they look, they so, look good. so good. They look so good. Uh, um, and I want to be okay. plushy. That's not me saying uh, I know anything. I know absolutely nothing. I, I know nothing about any toys coming out. Um, I wish I did, but the I, Doctor I honestly lies, don't. Russell lies, Batman March lies. I know, I'm not put hands on my heart. I haven't got a, I haven't got a clue. I haven't got a clue. Or do He doesn't. He does. He doesn't. We um, put a thing out on Twitter asking people to tell us um, what Doctor Who means to them. So we're going mm. to come on to talk about that in a moment. But um, just wrapping up the the, the 60th chat, um, obviously, as you say, it's kind of difficult to predict because everything is being kept behind closed doors. Yeah. Do you think much of this or any of it is going to lead into Shooty's first special? Because there's a very quick turnaround between the end of the last special mm. and Shooty's first story. So... You know where do where do we stand on this being the the jumping on point for Doctor Who fans into this whole new era? What are we going to see from Doctor Who now that's completely different to anything we've had before? You know, it's it is it does feel like the world blew yonder in a way. It's that's quite a nice analogy yeah. or metaphor. Maybe that will be the sort of meta narrative for that story is that we're trying something bold and different, and we're you know. I think that's probably probably it. Um, I don't know how connected they're going to be, to be honest. Um, I reckon the Christmas special will potentially reference stuff that has happened, but it will be so minute that anyone who is just tuning in for Christmas Day to see Shooty Gatwa um, won't be like, oh, what? Oh, I missed the ones with David Tennant. You know, I don't think he's going to be... Mm. I don't know. I doubt he's going to be saying stuff like, oh, I used to look like that bloke from Broadchurch or anything, you know, I don't think there's going to be those references. Not like, like that we got on um, last Friday where Tennant was like, Oh yeah. 60 minutes ago, I used to be a brilliant woman and all this stuff. You know, I don't think we'll get that so much. Uh, let's, uh, let's have a look at this. So we, we put out on Twitter cause it is Dr. Who's birthday and we'll concoct some stuff to say on the spot about what it means to us. But we asked our Rodders, to uh, tell us what Doctor Who means to them 
Mm. Uh, and so I've got a few that I'm going to read out. So John, you mentioned him earlier, Ginger Animator on Twitter. Um, yeah. It's an anchor to my 12-year-old self, and no matter where I've been, who I've been, and whatever lies ahead, I know I'm not alone. It also means getting rather annoyed at other fans' wrong opinions on the internet. That's obviously like yeah. 70% of it, it seems like, at the moment. Yeah. Um, David Burgess, our lovely David Burgess, who created... The things that you can see floating around us if you're watching the video version um, yeah. and the opening titles. It means the world to me. It sparked my drive to be a creative and it is absolutely the reason I'm in my career as a designer today. The same can be said for loads of us, I think. I'll always love it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Ivan, it helped a little lost kid find his way in the world and kept him going. Even now, the little show that could showed us this little kid could and I'll be forever grateful for it. Uh, we'll read oh. some some more out as we as we kind of um, close it up in a bit. But Matt, w- what does Doctor Who mean to you? Um, Doctor Who, what does it mean to me? Uh, I was thinking about this and I was trying to think of something witty. I was, I was thinking, oh, you know, Doctor Who's a bit like... A bit like being in a relationship, you know, you love the bones of them and, you know, they can do no wrong, but sometimes they get right on your tits. <laughs> I love it. Um, no, I mean, but I echo everything that everybody else has said, you know, it was, it's funny, you know, it was this, as a kid, like as a little kid, you know, it was this funny little program that only me and my brother and old men watched. Um and then it became this big thing and suddenly it was like, oh, wow, I could I could do stuff, uh, you know, to do with Doctor Who if I wanted. Um, and while, you know, I don't work on the TV show, um, I probably never will. <laughs> uh, you I'm, never know. I'm, I'm, Weirder shit's happened. Weirder shit has happened. Um, I, I am grateful for, you know, being able to do stuff on the peripheries like the Philip Hinchcliffe book, like the Twitch stuff that we did all those years ago, you know, all that kind of stuff. Doctor Who's been very, very good to me. Uh, yeah, it's been good to me, Doctor Who. Yes, <laughs> um, it has. It's been, been very, good for my bank balance, yes. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it's been very, very good to me. Um, and, you know, long, long may she sell the good ship Doctor Who. I think that's a, that's a nice way of putting it. It is a show that gives back. It taketh away to a degree mm. when yeah, you're I mean, trying to was, talk to people on the internet about it. Pounds, this bastard over me. <laughs> well, obviously, yes, and the monetary side of it. I was talking more about the psychological damage. But oh, I see. It, um, it does give a lot. And I think that, I think I've spoken about it before, but I think to me it's like it has imbued me with a, with a sense of adventure that I don't think a lot of other things have. Mm. Um, you know, the idea that there's an adventure around every corner or you know, oh, why not just go and do it? Just go over there and do something mad or whatever. There's that sort of scatterbrained um, enthusiasm for life and for seeing things is probably, you know, obviously besides Stell, but I think psychologically there is an influence there from Doctor Who of let's travel as far away as possible and see what it's like over there and do cool things and be as nice to everybody as, as humanly possible because... At the end of the day, you know, that, that, that too takes short. very little effort. And life is life is far too short. And, mm. and almost like that kind of constant of Doctor Who, the fact that Doctor Who constantly changes and is immortal, kind of reminds you of your own mortality and like this cram as much in as possible before yeah. I burst into flames at the age of 98 in a retirement home, you know? Um, <laughs> You're that's not combust. a regeneration. I was just I was, I was smoking too much and uh, 
spontaneously combusted. Um, uh, Sleepy Bird says, Doctor Who is funny and camp and I like it when the sets wobble. Um, yeah. Uh, I think that's Scotty, it as well. You know, uh, I saw a thing. Um, it was Crystal D on her TikTok. She shared it on Twitter and it was, uh, I think she was at MCM and it was um, in one word, sum up Doctor Who and lots of people were saying brilliant. And I was like, ah, I just want to say crap because it is, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's cheap wobbly sets and some hammy acting, but that's why we love it. We love that it's all those things. You know, I love that at the moment, Doctor Who can simultaneously be this huge budget thing that Disney are doing. Uh, like isn't it budget, remarkable? A, a big budget thing. And at the same time, it can be these five farts over my shoulder, you know, one of who isn't even really the real Doctor Who and, you know... And the other one is a fucking waxwork. (laughs) He's a waxwork. I mean, that's Doctor Who in a nutshell. He's wearing a fucking flight suit. You know, it it can be everything. It can be multi-million pound budget. It can be made on a budget of about 60p. It's brilliant. And it always looks shit. And it Uh, always looks shit. Within five years, we'll be watching the Star Beasts going... Oh, this looks outdated. Just like we do with series one. What were they thinking with me? (laughs) Oh my God. It looks, we thought that looked all right. Remember? We we thought that looked good. Um, Sam Michael says, to me, it's a game of let's pretend brought to life. Let's pretend this everyday object is a time machine. It can go anywhere. The simple reason it's lasted 60 years. No season slash series is the same. And it's one of the most unpredictable television programs of all time. Um... Hellsworth says Doctor Who gave me a role model during an age where men were portrayed as macho action heroes yet here was this nerdy guy uh, nerdy yet cool character who went around helping people with a clever brain and a screwdriver it's no coincidence I'm about to finish up a PhD in psychology well there Um. you go maybe you can tell us what's wrong with all of us Um, (laughs) and uh, let's leave the last one to Jonathan. I've had Doctor Who in my life for 10 years now. To describe this in a few words, fantastic, fun, emotional, adventure, new, old, different, essential. That's probably more than a few. Uh, it's more than a big part in my life. It is my life. Here's to the next 60 years. And on that, it is weird to think we were only just, it feels like, t- ripping the piss out of Day of the Doctor. And here we are, Doctor Who has... I know. Slipped on another decade. It's <laughs> and, mad, isn't uh, it? We've had, we've had we're, Peter we're Capaldi. We're talking about his 60th. We've had Peter Capaldi and we've had Jodie Whittaker in that time. It seems Bonkers. insane. I can't believe it's been 10 years, like you said, since Day of the Doctor. Um, time is fastly moving on. Time is immaterial. No, it bloody well isn't. It's fucking going quick, mate. <laughs> um, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm feeling old. It makes it does make that's the th- that's the other thing about Doctor Who. It can simultaneously make you feel like a little kid again, but it does also make you feel like an old bastard because you think, Christ, I f- feel like I feel like Christopher Eccleston was only the other day. Yeah, oh, I know. Isn't and now look weird? at me. Isn't I got weird? a moustache. <laughs> I think that's the thing, though, that it's a linchpin to, like uh, John was saying earlier, to your, like, self at a point in time. It sort yeah. of, like, totally encases that moment in amber. And, like, like that is, I know where I was. I can smell certain things. I can see certain things. I can hear certain things. I, you know, it absolutely captures a moment. And there are lots of things that do that for lots of different people, be that, 
the moment you went out and did an extreme sport and you remember mm. the smell of everything and the people that you saw and, and that kind of thing. When you climbed a mountain, when you went sailing, when you saw a family member, when you kicked a dog to death, whatever your passion is. like When I watched series remember, 11 of Doctor Who, that was an extreme sport. <laughs> Getting through that. Fucking hell. Can't let it rest for more than <laughs> three minutes. He can't be a downer. Um <laughs> But it is. It's, you were the one who wanted to kick moment, a doctor's death. I don't know where that came oh, from. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fucking bother. I'm not gonna bother. <laughs> right. Uh, thanks very much for uh, tuning in, folks. This was the 60th anniversary predictions video. What is this episode 65, 66, or something? Mad? 65. This um, is, I believe. 65. I mean, we wouldn't be doing this with that Doctor Who. Obviously, we would probably be talking this. about something completely different. We, yeah. I mean, I, would. I would not be talking about fucking He Man and Masters of the Universe. That can get but right when, to fuck. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, you're right. You know, we wouldn't we wouldn't be here doing this. I wouldn't be chatting about dollies. Well, maybe I would, but maybe not Doctor Who dollies. Um, we wouldn't you know, be best mates. We wouldn't be best mates. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be with Annie if it wasn't for Doctor Who. That was Doctor Who. Well, you know? That's sort of secondary, but it's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, we are. wouldn't that's, have met. That's the, big, uh, that's the biggest thing I have to say. I have to say that <laughs> Doctor Who, Doctor Who gave me um, the love of my life. So there we are. You're more than welcome, and it gave me mine too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thanks very much for watching, ladies and gents. Enjoy Doctor Who and the Star Beast. How are we going to cover that, Matt? So we are going to be doing a live stream on Sunday morning. So the day after the episode is aired. Uh, we were going to do it after the episode is aired, but you rightly said that maybe we should give it to the morning so we can, you know, mull it over and um, let everything that we've absorbed, you know, fully digest. Because I think had we have been having the Davros conversation immediately after that had aired, I think this video would have been very different. But um, yeah, we're <laughs> going to we're going to mull it over and uh, and sit on it and then we'll, we'll discuss it in full uh, on Sunday morning. Uh, we haven't sorted out a time yet, um, but actually by the no. time this goes out, we might have sorted out a time. So stay on Twitter and Instagram and all the places where we share our shit because we'll put it there so you can find out exactly when to join us. And then, of course, if you miss it live, it's always going to be on the channel. It will be going out on all your podcast places after the fact. So you'll be able to catch up. Um, but yeah, that's our next thing. So you actually haven't got very long to wait until the next review of death. No. And as I said at the start of the show, there is a whole other review of death available right now over yeah. on the review of death Patreon. You can yeah. hear us doing a commentary of the 25th and though, fuck 30th. I'm not a fan <laughs> anniversary special, uh, dimensions in time, uh, which as I said, has a very special cameo from a very, uh, odd song. Uh, that's, yeah, that's very, the very most diplomatic way I'm going to put it. Yeah. Um, okay. Thanks very much for watching, gang. Uh, yeah. Enjoy your 60th anniversary. Enjoy the Star Beast. Let's have yeah. fun. Let's not, as Matt said earlier, take lumps out of each other over a TV no. show. Let's embrace it in all of its different ways. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>